Thank you, Kaylee and Sydney. Thanks to everyone who's out here right now on day two of Future of Supply Chain. We have a, a great fireside chat coming up here with my good friend Bill from Uber Freight. Hello, everybody. Made it in here today. So uh, let's start talking about the market. Why not? You know, what we're seeing in the market, uh, certainly in the last six to eight weeks, and, and kind of some of the reasons behind it or some of the, the, the evidence. Yep or the data that, that we can find to, uh, to, to see what's going on. Yeah, definitely. And thanks, Kevin. And it's, it's good to be back here at a Freight Waves event, uh, bumping into a lot of familiar faces. So thank you, uh, those that stuck it out and are in the audience as well. So the market since uh, January has been pretty interesting. Uh, I think we're all familiar with the run-up that we saw through COVID uh, and rate increases that we saw through COVID. What we've seen since January is a bit of a correction. We've seen spot rates drop 30% uh, since January. And you know, Matt, who's on right before, covered a little of this as well. And I would agree with his general assessment, which what we're seeing is that demand is fairly flat. So retail consumption is flat. Manufacturing's up a little bit. We see overall freight loadings are up about 2 to 4%. Uh, but what's happened is... For the last two years, we've seen this incredible increase in new carrier registrations. But for the most part, that was just displacement because these were drivers from fleets that were you know, joining. They were starting small yeah. carriers. Yeah, we were talking about that. You know, if a driver leaves a carrier, 100 truck, 500 truck, 5,000 truck carrier, and they get their own LMC number and own rig, does that really add a driver to the uh, to, to capacity? Yeah, and the answer over the last two years was really no. We weren't seeing this net increase in capacity. But what we've actually seen since the beginning of the year, we've seen uh, 9,000 net new drivers just in February alone. So we are now seeing a situation where we are overcapacitated. And the other thing that I think that's driving is that coming into this year, you had carriers asking shippers for you know, 30, 50, 100% rate increases and in some cases, being able to lock in these very generous contract rates. And so as things started to soften, as you started to have this excess capacity, a lot of that excess capacity is also new capacity in small carriers. So uh, that put incredible pressure on spot rates, which is just driving kind of rates through the floor. It, it, it is, you know. So, so we had 9,000 new net new drivers. Is that because the training schools are back up to capacity? Is everything kind of back up to 100% moving around? Do you have a different thesis about that maybe? Yeah, or? It, I think in general, you're seeing carriers get to a point where uh, they have their pipelines full again and they're paying market competitive rates. I mean, it's obviously very, it's a very competitive labor market as well. Uh, and that competitive labor market is has I think also driven this displacement because drivers are seeing their buddies with the, their owner operators making incredible rates and right, incredible take home. And carriers, of course, are going to be slower to adjust their cost basis and it's slower to adjust pay. And now that that correction is made, I think that's, that's also a motivator of getting more drivers back into the market. Hey, I agree. You, you found that in 2017, late 2017, 2018. And then you saw new capacity enter the market very quickly. And by the back half of 2018, you saw capacity loosening up quite a bit, right? It's, it's taken quite a bit more time and, and effort and kind of backlogs getting, getting undone to see that through the 19, 20 months, 20, yeah, about 20 months now 
uh, of a, a real bull market in freight. Yeah. And I think that we've had a very unique labor environment and labor market also, which has put pressure on that. Um, yeah. Getting drivers back in seats. Uh, yeah. It's, it's been a very unique set of circumstances yeah. all around from pandemic to uh, now inflation, you know, stimulus, there's uh, rising interest rates. So there's all kinds of, of different things that that are, are happening right now that that makes the, the, the market very interesting. You know, you have the freight market, you have net new drivers, you have capacity, you have volumes, yeah. uh, and then the macro economy as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how do, how are, you know, let's start with carriers because we'll talk about shippers and carriers. How are they adapting to this change in the market right now? Because, I mean, as you said, I mean, really, in Sonar since March 1st, we've seen just, uh, we've seen like van dry or van rejections go from, you know, above 20% to 7, 8% in a matter of, of, of weeks. It's been a dramatic drop. You mentioned spot rates were a while ago. Spot rates are, are doing the same thing, of course. Um, so, so how are carriers, let's start with first with carriers and we'll talk about shivers. But how are they adapting? Yeah, and I'll start with how they reacted in, in the run-up. So I mentioned the fact that we saw all these new registrations. And I do think a big part of why we saw so many new registrations is because companies like us and others have made freight much more accessible. But also by making freight more accessible, by having instant having rates that they can act on uh, at a touch of a button, that also lets them make better decisions meaning they can make a decision based on what's happening in the market as to whether to you know, add a new truck, add a new driver. And similarly, as rates are declining, they have that real-time information. Uh, but it also, I think, is accelerating some of what we're seeing in the market uh, because it means that everybody's getting kind of information faster and reacting faster. Uh, and I think everybody also uh, is, believes that we've, the cost basis is higher now. So the floor is not mm-hmm. going to be in the same place has been before. And there are going to be carriers that are on the margins. And for us, you know, a big part of our mission is to try to make the market more sustainable. And I think that the market has become more sustainable. Um, but ultimately, the, you know, there's, there's going to be some whiplash in the market. And those that have a higher cost basis are not going to be, react, be able to react as quickly. But the fact that they have better information, they should be able to make decisions faster, park those trucks as needed. Yeah, I mean, do you think that the... Um symmetry of information that, that you see with real-time rates and real-time bidding, it, it certainly accelerates the turns in the market, right? Because 3PL traditionally has been all about having asymmetrical information. Yeah. You know, having more information than your shipper partners and your carrier partners, and that's how you make your margin. Uh, but if there's more symmetry in that information, if everyone is, is holding that same information, uh, it certainly creates market turns that are a little bit more sudden than we've seen in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I, I 100% believe that. And, and uh, you know, there's another topic that Matt touched on, which was the you know, target margins and how it's a more competitive market and how technology is deflationary. And I think that's relevant uh, because as you do have more information on both sides of the market, you see a compression in the ability to kind of yield an advantage through information asymmetry, meaning that carriers are better informed, they can react faster, shippers are better informed, they will also react faster and ride the market down yeah. as it moves. Yeah, the symmetry and in, in, in information that all, all parties hold much more now than, than, than ever. On the shipper side, what, what are some of the, 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 you know, the, the adaptations that they're doing right now? You, know, they, we, you mentioned a while ago, they yeah. just went through, I don't know if it's record setting, but it was, it was high double digit uh, contract inflation or raises in, in contracts uh, just recently. So, 
Yeah, I think there's several different reactions we're seeing from shippers. I'll start with just access to information and technology. So through the pandemic, we saw an incredible growth in the utilization of pricing APIs, meaning real-time pricing. This is something we've championed and, and others have, have pushed in the market. And in fact, about half of my conversations I had today were in some context of kind of real-time pricing, either implementing it within TMS systems or from shippers who are expanding their utilization of these types of capabilities. And as the market was going straight up, it was, well, you know, all of your contracts are, your, your, you know, your TA percent, your acceptance rates are dropping through the floor, service is terrible, you just want to get a truck, what's the market rate, give me that real-time access to information so I can adjust. And shippers just wanted to know that their loads are going to get covered uh, because it was such a volatile market. And then coming into this year, as I mentioned, carriers are going to shippers saying, we, need, we don't know what's going to happen, We're gonna, we need significant rate increases, uh, and so there was, I think, two reactions. One from some shippers said, well, you know, I, I want to wait and see what happens in the market. So I'm just going to ride the API rates or the spot rates for a few months to see where things settle. Others that locked in rates that we're already seeing now, then come, come back to the table and say, we know the market's gone south. So we want our carriers to come back to the table or renegotiate some portion of the market where they know the rates shifted heavily. I think for, if, as a, if, as a shipper, uh, the other upside, of course, coming into this year is you're seeing service improve dramatically, right? Mm-hmm. Acceptance rates improve dramatically. So in some cases, we're saying shippers just take some of those rates because it's been such a volatile, difficult market for two years. To be able to, able to actually have consistent service is a bit of a blessing for this year, right? Um, but of course, no shipper wants to overpay for that. And so as things are adjusting, see two strategies. One, you know, letting the rates ride out a little bit, others going back to the table, others that are just not bidding because they, they're going to let more freight fall into the spot until they know where the market settles. Bill, are, are you hearing more uh, shippers uh, talking about shorter duration contracts? This, this last cycle, was that a shorter duration than maybe an annual bid cycle? And those are going to reset naturally no matter what yes. in the near future? I had one of those conversations today. I think uh, that is a good strategy as a shipper in a volatile, uncertain market to have more uh, frequent renegotiations or to just think about your more real-time, more short-term levers to, to lock in rates because if you don't know where rates are going to go, right, then certainly now is not the time to be trying to lock in two-year contracts, which, you know, two or three years ago, I heard that a lot. I haven't had those conversations recently. So Yeah, I wouldn't imagine so. I very, very little talk about a two-year contract right now. Uh, on the technology front, I mean, what, what kind of technology decisions are carriers and shippers making right now to, uh, to kind of navigate these, these turning markets? Yeah, I touched on this a little bit, but the, the prevalence of kind of real-time decision-making and access to information, real-time rates and execution, uh, that continues to expand quite dramatically. And I think any you know, TMS vendor in the audience, I'm sure, has a strategy around implementing real-time rates and shippers are working with their vendors and asking for that. And we've seen that demand. Uh, increase dramatically. I think the ongoing expansion of real-time access to information and transparency will only continue to uh, increase because us and others are driving that uh, a very, you know, a, with a lot of momentum in the yeah, market. Yeah. Um, I think that's uh, probably the biggest change. Uh, other you know, solutions that us and others have implemented are just more flexibility around access to capacity because the other thing that, that happened, of course, uh, we had a shortage of trailers, a shortage of trucks, and so just having access to that and finding more flexible ways to access that. You know, we have a, a product called PowerLoop. There's others that have similar types of products, but just 
these new concepts around flexibility of trailer pools, more flexible access to uh, capacity, uh, more flexible operating models. I think volatility just you know drives a lot of those conversations. It's an interesting power loop, right? You launched that in 2019? Uh, 18, I think, yeah. 2018, right? It was before the pandemic, I yeah. guess. How has demand been for trailer drops, trailer pulls, power loop over the last two years? I mean, has it changed significant? Yeah. And, and also, do you think that that's a, a sticky change? We've seen incredible demand, the but there are no trailers. It's been the, the challenge. <laughs> so just access to the physical equipment has been the main constraint on implementing new models. Um, but in general, I think that's that will continue to be a growing model um, because ultimately the idea that you can have a committed trailer and flexibility on the power, right? And also the, you, what our model and others have done is open up those sorts of opportunities for the long tail of carriers. Mm-hmm. And so all those carriers that entered over the last three years, again, making freight accessible, previously would not have had access to drop trailer opportunities or contract opportunities with enterprise shippers. And so, you know, another point that came up earlier is just the importance of contracts right now. Every carrier would love to enter a contract right now. And the one other piece of advice I'd give to shippers is, like, your, your most uh, at-risk carriers are going to be the ones that are more spot-heavy, right, in your mm-hmm. mix uh, in terms of performance and just sustainability. So as much as you can balance that mix as a carrier or as a shipper, you want to be able to balance that mix. And, of course, drop is typically more contract-heavy, uh, and it's more stable freight. And so for a carrier trying to build a sustainable business that's resilient in any market, of course, you want to have the right mix. and You want to be able to trade those levers uh, judiciously as the market shifts as well. Yeah, you, you definitely do. On the 9,000 net new drivers, right, who have gotten in the market here in, in, in the last couple of months, do you think, we were talking about cost basis uh, for, for small carriers, do you think that is, um, that's going to work itself through Quick, more quickly than what we saw in like the, the after effects of 2018 into 2019, yeah. just because of fuel and insurance and just the inflation. Uh, yeah, of unfortunately, a lot bought into the top effectively, right? Yeah, they yeah. bought expensive equipment, expensive trailers, uh, five five year truck for a hundred yeah. hundred thousand dollars or so. The economics on that's yeah. not not too May, pleasant, yeah. is it? Or maybe paying their drivers at the top of the market. I mean, all exactly, that. Means- yeah. Higher cost basis, and yes, you're likely to see, uh, you know, brand new carriers to the market. And also, the new carriers have the hardest time getting access to the contract freight, which is where you want to be right now. So, yes. um, I would, yeah, it's we're certainly, I think, going to see carriers that have just entered the market at a high cost basis, who have a heavy spot mix, who just do not have the 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 base stability in, in their you know top line from contract rates, and then they have a high bottom line. And it's just. Yeah, that's going to be difficult. It is going to be difficult. It's going to be an interesting market the, the, the rest of 2022, right? I mean, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. But thanks for joining us today here yeah. at Future of Supply Chain. And uh, it's always a pleasure, yeah, man. Absolutely. It's great to catch up. Thank you, everybody.